Welcome to Across the Pond, a Christian commentary on the way of Jesus in the world today with the co-founders of Red Letter Christians, Dr. Tony Campolo and Shane Claiborne. Red Letter Christians gets its name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red, and we are aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. Some episodes of this podcast have been adapted from our radio show, Across the Pond, which airs on Sunday afternoons in the UK on Premier Radio. Thank you for listening. Let's jump into this week's episode with Shane Claiborne. Hello, everybody. This is Shane Claiborne. The name of the show is Across the Pond. And as y'all know, we're recording over here in the U.S. I get to have, I love doing this show because I get to have some of my really good friends from time to time on here. Some of them over there in the U.K. and some here in the States. And I've got a brother as my guest today who you all are going to love. He He's got a story, like all of us, I guess. He's got a story. He's an incredible pastor now in Trenton. His name's Eric Cussman. Hey, buddy. How you doing, bud? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. All so right. I, for folks listening in that don't know you, I mean, there's all kinds of articles out. The A&E did this uh, series called The Redeemed. It's got a little of your story. I saw the ECL, uh, the ELCA has you a story that the first sentence of it is from prison to Princeton to the pulpit. Boom. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, I got to be the best man in your wedding. We've been friends for, I don't know, over a decade. But uh, I think some of the backdrop is important, you know, to, to, for you to let folks know how we met and a little of, um, of your backstory, because it's shaped who you are today as a pastor. But it's real interesting, too, man. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh... As, I, as Shane introduced me, I'm Eric Cussman. I pastor our church in Trenton, New Jersey. But uh, I know time is short, but I want to do it like this. Uh, what people don't know, if they look up articles about me, you know, they know uh, I grew up in a really broken neighborhood. My mother was a heroin addict and a crack addict. And, uh, uh, you know, I grew up real rough in poverty in the, in the inner city of Plainfield, New Jersey. And um, but just to fast forward that backdrop, I wound up getting incarcerated for 12 years in New Jersey State Prison. And, uh, you know, I was reading a lot of books at the time. And I know I'm missing a lot of the story. But uh, how I met you is I, read, I picked up a book that was in our prison library called The Irresistible Revolution. And I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, what are we revolting against here? Let me read this book, you know. But um, at that time, during my faith formation and you know, I really couldn't make heads or tails or even find the book of Revelations in the uh, in the Bible at the time, you know, but I'm sitting there studying the scriptures and I, I read your book and I was like, well, this is a different take on things I've been reading, you know, because unfortunately, in, in certain populations, they flood a lot of uh, institutions with books like Joel Olstein's books and, you know, all this like self-help, you know, hoopla, pie in the sky theology. But reading Irresistible Revolution was like a breath of fresh air where I was at because, wow, this is like Christianity boots on the ground 101. Mm. And, I, and, and, it, and it really stuck with me. So I, after I read Irresistible Revolution, I said, you know what? I'm going to write this author and let them know how much I like this book. <laughs> <laughs> but and I did, you know, from my prison cell, you know, I uh, wrote a letter and I got responded back to and my Katie. wife, my wife would always yep. interject right here that she was, yep. she helped uh, look at all these letters. So we kind of triage them, you know, like, uh, and we, we've, we've always, 
uh, tried to write back and even visit, you know, folks that are incarcerated. So uh, little did we know it would turn into such, you know, the friendship that we got today. But it is really Katie that helped get that going. And then she and I started visiting you, right? And um, and we wrote we wrote back a bunch back and forth. But um, and, and we we went to several different facilities and stuff as you were inside. And and um, I wanted you to tell the story though, because <laughs> when when uh, you were accidentally released by mistake, right? And um, so uh, how long were you inside? And then when did that happen? Like in the trajectory of that? Well, that was all the way at the beginning of just like with incarceration, the first, uh, first year you would say about incarceration, because I was incarcerated in October of 2002. And, uh, you know, a little backdrop, you know, I'm not what they would call a cradle Lutheran or, uh, you know, Christian cradle baby. I did not grow up in the church. Right. Uh, the only time I remember growing up in my youth, stepping foot in the church is a wedding and a funeral. Besides that, I've never stepped foot, never picked up a Bible, didn't hang around with with people of faith, you know. But um, I wound up getting incarcerated and, uh, you know, I'm going through all the court motions. You know, the bail was so high that there was no way I was leaving. And, uh, you know, uh, my first uh, day of being incarcerated is what I come to figure out. Uh, uh, my cell where they housed me at was used as like the, the community chapel in the prison in the pod. Yeah. So yeah. Little did I know that because uh, that the first night there when I woke up in the morning, when the gates opened, it was like some ungodly hour, like 536 in the morning. Uh, you know, a, a few fellas came into the cell. And I was like, oh, what is this? You know, you know, you're in prison. You know, you hear all the horror stories. Do you think something bad's about to go down? But uh, come to find out, uh, one of the brothers' name was Khalil. The other one's name was Country. That uh, that was like their prison chapel. They came in with their Bibles, their little Our Daily Bread devotionals. Yep. And, uh, you know, I really didn't like that too much at that time. So, you know, I was arguing with them, fighting with them, spitting at them, calling them all types of names. It was it was a rough ride. But uh no matter what I did to these guys, they just kept coming back. So I kind of just gave up trying to chase them out. So for months, <laughs> they would come in. Nah, Shane, for months, they would come in and have these devotions at like this ungodly hour in the morning. And all I used to do was sit in my bunk and throw the blanket over my head. And I said, OK, like these guys are nuts. But uh, as months go by going through the motions, uh, it's almost time for my sentencing. And, and at the time, I was facing like 20 something years. You know, it was it was wild. But uh, uh, they read a scripture in Psalm 34, 6, and uh, Psalm 34, 6 is uh, this poor man cried, the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles. All right. And I don't know what the heck made me get up out of my bed, but we know what that was. That was God's spirit moving. And, and I, right. prayed. I said, I got up. I said, guys, I'm going to pray to your God today. And you should have heard them. They're like, amen. Thank you, Jesus. This is great. Brother Eric, yeah, he's going to pray. So I pointed my finger like the rebel I was directly in the sky. I said, God, if you're real, you're going to let me out of jail. <laughs> Man, them brothers turned on me in a heartbeat. They called me, they called, started calling me names like heretic and blasphemous. And like, I even knew what those words really meant at that time. But I was like, whatever, if your God's real, you wanted me to pray, I prayed today. And then, you know, so uh, the very next day on the intercom in the pod in the, in the jail, they were like, Cussman, pack your stuff. You're leaving. <laughs> and I was just like, what? 
And I was like, this is ridiculous. And, you know, I'm thinking them guys got with the guards and are playing this joke on me because of this prayer. So I was like, nah, this isn't, this isn't real. But, uh, you know, I packed my stuff up. I went through along with the motions. I waited by the gate. They buzzed the gate open. <laughs> and I was like, man, how far are they going to take this joke, Shane? You know, like this is a yeah. little out of control. Going to the elevator, three floors down. Uh, now they have me sitting in the central reception area. Then they brought out this paperwork, like like the warden of the jail brought out paperwork. And he goes, you got to sign this to be released. And I'm sitting there scratching my head and I'm sitting there like, man, I'm about to get sentenced in two weeks. I'm facing all this time. I'm not supposed you know what? All right, let's see what happens. You know, that criminal mind kicks in real quick and you're like, I'm signing all these paperwork. So I signed the paperwork. And they buzzed the rest of the doors and let me out the <laughs> I was like, that is insane. That was so insane, Shane. And I remember it was snowing that day. It was probably like uh, as cold as it is in Jersey right now, like 30 degrees. There's snow on the ground. I got incarcerated with shorts and a, and a, a sleeveless tank top, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I got all this bag of stuff. I'm like, they let me out of jail. What am I doing? I'm going up the street. Check this out. This, this, is, this is the crazy part. And this is how I know our God has a lot of humor. Yeah, right? that's right. Right. I go up to the street and I'm going by this water fountain. And, you know, with that kind of weather, you wouldn't think water fountain would be spitting water out. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Water fountain spitting water. I go over there and I see this little man with a clipboard. So I go up to him because he looked lost as all can be. And I don't know why I went up to him, but I go up to him and I'm like, yo, my man, are you lost? Do you need directions? And I'm looking crazy. Just picture this short time. <laughs> tank top. It, there's snow everywhere. And I got this bag of stuff in my hand and I'm asking some dude if he's lost. <laughs> <laughs> Who's really the lost one? That's right. <laughs> right? But when I asked him that question, his brow changed. He got all serious, pointed his finger directly in my face and says, no, son, you're lost. You don't know Jesus. Wow. Like, Wow. I, 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 you can't comprehend that in the natural, right? I just yeah, prayed yeah, this yeah. prayer the night before. God let me out of jail. Gates popped open. I walk up and I'm free, but yet I was still in bondage. Hmm. And this, this man who I didn't even know what a clipboard recognized. Hmm. I felt something right there, Shane. I said, yeah. whoa, I don't know nothing about this God about this person called Jesus, but I think I need to find out. But safe to say the cops realized their errors and got me right back. In <laughs> so I got, I got released only for that little bit of window time. Just, just long enough to Jesus. find Jesus. <laughs> That's it. I was free to go find Jesus. I love it. Oh my gosh. And y'all that are listening, I mean, you, you probably, you know, it's not every day you hear a story like this, right? But, um, uh, and in case you missed the intro, the, the, I'm talking to my friend, uh, Eric Cussman. He's now a pastor in New Jersey, and we're going to hear more about that in a second. But he's got an incredible story. And, and, and so we, we met in the middle of all that, man. And we, you know, became friends. We've spent a lot of time together, got a lot of water under the bridge. You've been to Philly to the simple way a bunch of times. And, um, and so you went, I, I think it's cool, like just to, to talk a little bit about the pit stops that you had before you became pastor, right? So there's some doors that opened up for you. Well, some of them didn't open up. You kicked them open. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what, what was the little school that you went to in Jersey? Because I think some of those, those schools that are, 
just got people doing really cool work, especially the folks that are re-entering um, that aren't even, you know, they don't get a lot of uh, the spotlight. But what was that little school where I first met you in Jersey? Well, that little school, see, now now there's a batch up with that because that little man with the clipboard, <clears throat> his name is uh, Reverend Warren Huber. Yeah. And I stayed in contact with him, right? You know, yeah. I put some unlikely folks together. <clears throat> but towards the end of my... um towards the end of my incarceration where I got to the halfway house, I was able to either a go to work or B go to school. So just so happens pastor Warren there, you know, tells me that his wife was the academic administrator of this little school called pillar college, That's which, right. is a, yeah, yeah, which is a faith-based, uh, a higher learning institution. And um, I wound up getting a full scholarship through them to uh, uh, pursue a, a bachelor's degree in biblical studies yeah. from prison, which yep. was, was cool. So I was leaving this little minimum security place, hopping on a bus, going downtown Newark, New Jersey, and uh, going to school. Yep. You know, now, mind yep. you, going to school is a big thing, Shane, because uh, I never graduated the ninth grade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that, that was a real big deal. And um, I wound up. Uh, getting my bachelor's in biblical studies in three years, a four-year degree in three years, which was awesome. Heck yeah. You know? Yep. So, so all these like little projects, you know, that, that folks are doing, I mean, some of these are the most substantial things happening, but they're the least funded, you know, the things that, that folks uh, are doing. And, and I mean, you and I have been a part of some other programs uh, that are, you know, uh, getting certificates to folks that are locked up or that are coming out of jail and all these things like they're, they're building blocks. Right. So then you went from there from pillar, um, not too, it wasn't too long after that, that you ended up at Princeton, right. And Princeton, uh, has really had an emphasis on trying to make space and, and funds and everything for folks that, um, uh, may have been incarcerated and stuff too. Right. Well, you got, you got to look at it like this. Yes, they do. But my, my whole Princeton, <laughs> my, my whole Princeton theological seminary connection goes back to incarceration once again, because while I was incarcerated, I was working in the chaplaincy department uh, in, in charge of the religious services at the prison I was at. Yeah. And the, the chaplain there like discipled me, you know, and this is one of them things uh, with, with scripture that I love that, uh, you know, by following Christ, you might, you may lose, father, brother, mother, or sister, you know, in, in this road of discipleship. And I lost everything. I didn't have any family. But by, by, by being faithful, you gain mothers, brothers, sisters, and That's houses right. all the more, right? Yeah. So uh, Reverend Emmanuel Beaujoli, who was a Princeton uh, Theological Seminary alum, took me under his wing. And I still call, and, I, and uh, he calls me his son, and I call him my father. Like, God gave me a father through Reverend Beaujolais, who I still talk to all the time. He's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And um, he showed up uh, after uh, the graduation at, um, no, at graduation at Pillar College, and he came right up to me, and he goes, son, are you ready? And I said, ready for what? And backdrop on that is when we were studying together behind the walls, he was giving me like James Cone, Dr. King, Malcolm yeah, X. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, Martin Luther, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's giving me all these great books to read. And we were in his office one time joking around and he goes, my son, you're going to go where I went. And he's Haitian. And I was like, dude, I am not going to Haiti. I don't know what you're thinking. 
And he started laughing and he's this Haitian brother and he just, he's got this contagious laugh when you ever meet him. And he goes, no, you're going to go to Princeton seminary where I went. Shane, I never laughed so hard in my life. (laughs) Like like me, that's like Ivy league, man. Like, you know, I'm not going there like that kids where I grew up, people where I grew up, don't go to schools like that. But he showed, but the fast forward, he showed up at the graduation at pillar college came up to me and he goes, are you ready to go? Yeah, he was yeah. dead serious, man. Boom. That's it. I mean, I think we need people in our life like that, that just name the, the impossible and say it's possible, you know? <laughs> but but, but it, it's not just that. You need people in life. See, we got this, this theology of God all misconstrued. You yeah. know, everybody looks at God as like my personal Jesus, my, 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 like everything's mine. So you're so caught up with yourself, you forget about the community God entrusted you with. You know, you you read the Gospels and you read the, you know, uh, the Acts of the Apostles. You read these scriptures. You see everything was about community. Nobody was left to themselves. Yep. So when, when, when you, when you were there, so, I mean, it wasn't just enough to get to Princeton to even graduate. I got to be there, you know, your graduation, but, uh, then you're, you know, you, so you're going prison to Princeton to pulpit, but you've got a record and not, there's some denominations <laughs> that, that if I remember right, you were, you're trying to figure out which denomination is going to let me be a pastor, right? So uh, is well, there a little backdrop to that? Yeah, there is a backdrop because back, you know, upon my release and we're, uh, my wife and I were doing ch- uh, church shopping. I know that's such a bad word around the holiday season, but, you know, going somewhere where we can be a part of a community and we were rejected by about darn near everybody hmm. right that's a shame yeah even though i went to a presbyterian school they wasn't trying to hear me for ordination you know don't make me say that too loud but you know everybody from methodist to presbyterians to even evangelicals go figure right you know but uh the only the lutherans though the lutherans right <laughs> yeah the only people that accepted me in was the lutherans <laughs> But, so the, the, the story, but how that came to be, they offered us a free preschool for our son at the time, who was preschool age. And that yep. was the big theological construct that made me a Lutheran. You offer on, the kid free preschool, here I am. But that provides the need for the community. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's right. So then, then reading the social statements of the ESA, and after I got to really know the Lutherans, I was like, all right, I'm all in. And they yeah, were the it, makes, it makes a lot of sense if you, you know, for, for folks that are familiar with Martin Luther, I know, I know not everybody listening is, but he didn't get everything right. But he, one of the things that he did get right is this idea of grace, right? That we're saved by grace and that no matter what you've done in the past, it doesn't need to define who God wants you to be now. So, I mean, it, there is a really great theological foundation for why the ELCA, it wasn't just random that they took you in, right? That's right. Well, yeah. you look at it, one of the, the, uh, uh, the theological constructs I love about the Lutheran church is that we are all saint and sinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, they're at, they're at war within each of us. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, one day you could be that sinner, but the next day you could be that saint, or you could Come walk on. through the day like that. You know, and I think, you know, a lot of the errors of our theology is like we, we big ourselves too much up, like we could be holier than now. Yeah. You know, and that's why, like, it, it, it's like that grounded dirt theology, you know, it's grounded. Yeah, you know, that's right. The human condition. And I think we yeah. need a lot more of that in our world. 
I know we do. And I, that, that idea that however you want to say it, that we're wounded healers, you know, that our scars are not our liabilities, they're our credentials, the things that we've, you know, made it through, they shape us so that we can reach out to others with the same grace that's been extended to us. Come on, somebody, right? But, you know, so you came into this. Now, we just got like five minutes left. Now, I really want to talk about what you're doing now in Trenton, because you came into a I guess some people would see it as sort of an old wineskin, you know, an older, smaller uh, urban church that um, the, these congregations are having a really hard time uh, navigating. I think in general, you know, most congregations are in the main denominations are struggling to make it, especially in the pandemic. But you came into this this thing with your feet on the ground, like a vision for community and bring, breathing some fresh life in there with the help of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Um, but like, talk a little bit about what that's like, because the, the times that I've been there, you just feel the love, you feel the authenticity of community um, at St. Bartholomew's in Trenton. And uh, so talk a little bit about what that was like, though, because that, that's not easy. There's a lot of pastors that are really struggling to know if they're going to keep their churches going. Well, that, that's real simple get out of the four walls of your church, right? You have <laughs> yeah. to get to know your community. You know, uh, when, when I first got to St. Bart's, you know, the attendance was what, five to seven on a Sunday. I was like, oh, why did they put me here? You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, I saw the potential. I, I felt God calling that the church needed to actually be the church. And how yeah. do you do that? You know, somewhere I once read, you know, people are not going to care what you got to say unless they see how much you care. That's right. You know, and I know we've been through a lot of the horrors of the pandemic. Right. But the pandemic has opened up many opportunities for us to relate to our neighbors, you know, whether it's providing uh, uh, COVID testing vaccines, uh, a thriving food ministry right now, because uh, 33 percent of my neighborhood is out of work. The jobs are not coming back lost to COVID. So you provide the need for the community. The community needs to see how much you actually care. Right. right? And so this little congregation that was like five or seven people. Um, you've been doing, I mean, hundreds of bags of food, you've had meals. And, and in some ways, like you said, the pandemic um, made us think outside the box because literally you, you just got back into your building, uh, you know, a week ago or something, right? Everything's been outside in the streets. And we, you know, we brought the forge up, we melted the gun, you've been like doing worship outside. So say a little bit more about, you know, what, what that's kind of looked like uh, to be the church in the pandemic. Well, to be the church in the pandemic, you know, it's actually reaching out to the community, being, a, being I believe, in the, the uh, theology of presence. Yeah, yeah. You know, the church needs to be a visible sign of hope within the community, right? You have to get to know your neighbors' names, their kids' names, uh, you know, what their struggles are, and, and preach contextually. What does preaching contextually mean? You preach to the issues that they are concerned about, not what you want to boast yourself in here and use some big theological words. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, preachers use words like transubstantiation and 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 what is even salvation? What does this mean to the community? You know, we, we speak we speak this theological uh, uh, verbatim that, that the verbs that people don't understand. So we have to find a way to translate and speak to their hearts, speak to their spirit so God can move through them. Yeah. You know, and it all starts with love, Shane. We have to be able to love our communities. You know, with Trenton, when we when you came and we melted the guns out right in the right on the street corner, right? Yeah, right. But right. There, there's a gun violence epidemic in the city of Trenton. But that was yeah. hopeful for people to see that something was happening, that the church cares, that us as the visible representations of Christ on this earth now care. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because the face right. of the face of Christ, people might only see is your face. That's it. So what man. does that look like? That's a big responsibility. Yeah, yeah. You and know, we you, can, as, as you're as you're out there, you know, it also all of these issues that a lot of people just see as social issues, social justice issues, we should be, you know, concerned with saving souls, not getting involved with politics. Like uh, that, that's kind of a false dichotomy. I mean, has I'm anybody at- ever read the gospel? Shane? <laughs> like like that, that, that's what really bursts that that, that, that makes my skin crawl and gets me on fire. Because if you actually read what Jesus and the apostles done and, and the prophet. Yep. yep. It's not a social gospel, and I'm doing air quotes right now for those that can't see me, but uh, <laughs> it, it's actually living the damn gospel, or as I've learned from great Lutheran, uh, the great Lutheran theologian, Tim- Dr. Timothy Wenger, that's preaching the damn gospel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the gospel is about personal salvation. It's also about social transformation, and if it's not good news to the poor, it's not the, it's not the gospel of Jesus uh, and so, man, we got like one minute left. Uh, it, what, what's on the horizon right now as you're thinking like um, you've just got back into the building. I don't know when people will hear this, but we're recording it during the, the beginning of Advent as we're, uh, you know, moving towards Christmas. And what do you hope what do you hope for uh, a generation from now as you look at the church, as you think of what you're doing on the ground in Trenton? Like, give us the last word, man. What, what I hope to see, especially we talk about Advent, Advent's about this new coming, this, this new birth. So I, I want that fire to be contagious within all of us. You know, I want us all to actually live the gospel, care about our neighbors like Christ cared for his neighbors, like the, the, the disciples and the apostles cared for their neighbors. Let's actually live the gospel. Let's do it. Right. Yep. Get out of the political jargon because, you know, you know, me, Shane, all day, man, you know, uh, Jesus is Lord. Right. Yep, that's it. And, and those of you that can't see, because it's a radio show and a podcast, uh, he's got a shirt on that has the donkey and the elephant crossed out and the lamb right above it. And uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we follow the lamb, not the elephant or the donkey. But man, I wish we could keep talking. We'll do it again sometime. But y'all, you've been listening to Across the Pond with my brother today, Reverend Eric Cussman. You can find more about him on our website, redletterchristians.org. We'll see you next week. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to know more about Red Letter Christians, please visit redletterchristians.org for resources, upcoming events, and to connect with other people who are passionate about Jesus and justice. You can follow Shane Claiborne and Red Letter Christians on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you'd like to support our work with a one-time gift or by becoming a monthly sustainer of the movement, please visit our website and click on the red donate button. Thank you for tuning in.